We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. We are going live because, oh my goodness, the NBA landscape just got rocked by a deal that we were not expecting to happen. Certainly not what Knicks fans were expecting to happen. We'll break everything down about the Donovan Mitchell deal. Actually, before we even do that... That's right. We got to sound the siren. I'm Trevor Lane, joined by Keith Smith. Keith, oh my goodness. This, what was your reaction to the trade when it popped? I'm assuming it popped up on your phone. Did someone text you? How did you find out? I was actually sitting, I was, I was at a stoplight. I picked up my phone to, <laughs> this is so stupid. We have to go to a soccer tournament this weekend and we have to leave tomorrow at the, about the same time I was passing through this area. So I was like, well, what's the, what what's it say how long it's going to take to where we got to go so i picked up my phone while at the stoplight to look and i saw a million notifications um from all the newsbreakers and i was yeah. like what happened and then <laughs> i quickly glanced at it drove home then you know off we go so that that was my uh, my experience cuz trevor we know the rules i get in the car to go do school pickup and nba news breaks that's just how it works that's that's when things happen. That's when it goes down. And next thing you know, Donovan Mitchell going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. We've been here. It feels like it's been months that we've been talking about Mitchell to the Knicks. And it was just a matter of time before it happened. New York kind of set that deadline of sorts, that imaginary deadline of Monday evening before they were going to sign RJ Barrett to an extension. And well, the Jazz called their bluff. And the Jazz said, Well, we've got other options too and went and worked something out with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, do you have the trade package in front of you? I do, right? yes. Okay, it so is. What, why don't you give that to us? Yep. Oh, man, Donovan Mitchell already tweeting, too. Dar Darius Garland tweeting, and now Donovan Mitchell's oh boy. quote tweeting him. So we get all kinds of fun. All right, so the full trade package is well, – let me, let me pull up the, the tweet. So Utah sends Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland for Lori Markkinen, uh, Ochaya oh, Agbaji, um, Colin Sexton, who will be in a sign and trade. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Three unprotected first round picks and two pick swaps. The pick details that are going to Cleveland, uh, or excuse me, to Utah from Cleveland are 2025, 2027, and 2029 all unprotected, and then pick swaps in 26 and 28. So in effect, to make it very easy, the Jazz have control of the Cleveland draft from 2025 through 2029. Wow. And then on top of that, I think really when you look at that, and you say, okay, three firsts unprotected plus a couple of pick swaps, but Agbaji was just drafted a few months ago. So yep. really it's kind of like getting Walker Kessler in the same way where exactly. you, can, yep. you, can, yeah, exactly. you can consider that another first essentially. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, that is uh, exactly like that. That is, it's, it's, yeah, you're getting a, a, you're essentially got a 2023 first round pick too. So yeah, yeah. I mean, just, just absolutely monster where you want to, I get, let's start with the Cleveland side. Yeah. Right? Let's do that. Cause they're, they're, they're <laughs> it's going also a little in. easier. 
right? Uh, but there, yeah, going all in for Donovan Mitchell. So after playing that goofy big ball lineup with uh, Markinen and Mobley and Allen, they're going to rebalance to a little bit more of a traditional lineup. Uh, kind of a mini backcourt, though, smaller backcourt with Garland and Mitchell, but still got plenty of size up front. My guess is, seeing a lot of people say Karis LeVert starts, yeah. my guess is they still may start Isaac Okoro. Yeah. Not that he's a better player than Levert. I just think it gives you better lineup balance. Then Levert comes in. And Levert will have, uh, you know, the ball handling, you know, lead the responsibility for the uh, second unit on this. Sorry, where it's just got a lot of uh, tweet notifications coming through. Um, and this one's about the G League schedule, which honestly, no one cares right now. Um, <laughs> so. We'll get to the Knicks in a minute, but did you like the timing? Yes, the of timing their, of, of the their RJ Barrett, Barrett yeah. extension yeah, announcement. Yeah, poor, it's poor RJ Barrett, man. Oh, this dude's man. just not getting to live his uh, no. live his life with this extension. So, but when he when he has 120 million in the bank, I'm sure it'll be just fine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's and you can't really argue with it for the. Uh, for the Cavs, they they're you know that that group of Allen, Mobley, Garland, and Mitchell. That's a really good foursome and a group that is very very young uh, mm-hmm. as well, which is you know something else that's really important and all under contract for at least the next three seasons. So, I mean, you the the Cavs are going all in here, and I I mean on paper their starting five looks incredible. You even got some uh, some solid depth coming in off the bench. Where I'm. It may be too early for this, but where do you slot them into the East? Are they now on paper? And we know how dangerous it can be, you know, projecting a team because on paper doesn't always translate into reality. We saw it last season with the Nets and the Lakers, but where do you slot the Cavs in now? Do you consider them to be a top tier team in the Eastern Conference with Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, I don't put them in the top tier. I, I would still I I still have Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly in that top tier. Mm-hmm. Then I think I would move towards Brooklyn right behind them. And that's only just still, I, we, I got to see it for Brooklyn. Um, if yeah. it all looks good, I'll move Brooklyn right into that top group. But then I have Cleveland right at the top of the next section. It, it's probably them, Toronto and Miami and that next group, which interesting enough does mean one of those teams is going to be in the play in, um, oh. you know, of that group. So, okay. you know, so that's going to have to be a thing, but yeah, I mean, the Cavs are right, right there. They're kind of knocking on that door of, if anything happens, anybody stumbles, they come together quicker than expected. The Cavs could could be a, a home court advantage team in the East. It would not shock me. Well, I'll tell you what could also propel them up into that top group. It's the just organic development of these young players, just the natural growth. If Evan Mobley takes another step, if you get Darius Garland to take another step, that's where they can really burst through into that top tier group. And I agree. Sure. Right now, I don't know if you could slot them in with the Celtics, with some of the other powers that with the Bucs in the Eastern Conference. But they're right there where if a few of these guys have maybe a little bit quicker than expected growth, next thing you know, they're right there. And they're set up, like you said, younger players. They're set up to be right there for years to come now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, assuming they can keep Mitchell, and we're going to get into something related to that on the um, jazz side of this trade. But, yeah, if they can keep Mitchell – you know, after his contract expires, you have Garland on the new contract. You have Allen locked up. Uh, he signed, uh, remember, a five-year deal uh, just, uh, you know, last off season. So he's got four years left. Mobley, you've got team control of, you know, I, I, not exactly forever, but it might as well be um, in, in this case. And he's only going into year number two. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, at a bare minimum for the next three seasons, this team is going to be really set up and loaded uh, moving forward. And it's this is part of why you feel really good about the process here because they went they developed their kids. They, they stuck with those guys. Mm-hmm. They nailed that trade to get Jared Allen in the, in the deal um, where quite frankly, it's still, how did that even happen? You know, how did Houston allow that to, to happen in the, in the, uh, you know, swap there that sent Harden to Brooklyn. Um, but it did. And now you've got Allen became an all-star Garland became an all-star Mobley looks like he's probably going to be an all-star level guy eventually. And now you had Donovan Mitchell on top. I mean, that's his, I don't want to say it's as I'd have to really start breaking them down. Right. It may not be as good a foursome as you know anybody in the league, but it's not far off. Um, and that's that's massive for the Cavaliers because you want that uh, locked in consistency moving forward. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think they're going to be very, very good this season. And I'm, I mean, look, they were already on my list of teams that you need to tune in for on uh, on League Pass. Now, even more so. I think this is going to be a very exciting squad. But let's jump over to the Jazz. Hey, and hold on. Hey, man, they get a lot of those 7 uh, p.m. starts, which are yeah. nice. It's, they're not in that 7.30 window. So just as you're kind of starting your night to sit down and watch games, a lot of times the Cavs play at 7 p.m., or at least they used to. So that that's yeah. always fun, too. You get a half hour of good, fun Cavs ball versus what was miserable for a lot of years of them in that window. I haven't looked but I'd imagine the NBA right now is regretting not having the Cavs in more national TV games. Whatever the yeah, number is, gotta be. I'm Whatever sure they're wishing is, that number was higher right now. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where, right, they do the flexes later on down the line. And if somebody's season goes sideways, maybe we see the Cavs uh, slide into to some of those national TV games. All right. So Utah, they get the pick haul that they were hoping to get. But they also land Colin Sexton in this deal. And I, I want to start there. I know there's other pieces that they land, but let's start with Colin Sexton. You and I are both higher on Colin Sexton than I think most people are. I saw some of the reaction across social media was people saying, oh, he's overpaid. But that, that's kind of the reaction when just about any contract comes sure. out these yeah. days. But four years, $72 million, all guaranteed for Colin Sexton. Now, unless his efficiency in terms of his, his shooting drops off post-injury, but assuming that doesn't happen, I think that's a that's a really solid deal for the Jazz and for Colin Sexton. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I, I'm going to go as far as saying this, and this is obviously assuming health for Colin Sexton, right? Because he's coming off an injury that kept him out for a large, large portion of last season. But assuming health, Colin Sexton for an average of $18 million a year versus Donovan Mitchell for $30 million a year, yeah. I'll take Colin Sexton. I I mean in in um yeah I know I'm kind of probably preaching to the choir a bit here because I know you're high on him too, and that's not a knock on Donovan Mitchell. I just really like Colin Sexton. I think he's a good player. I think uh, in Utah now it's going to be. I would expect here we're going to see probably in relatively short order Bogdanovich, Clarkson, uh, Conley, Rudy Gay, maybe Malik Beasley. All they, it won't be all of them but it probably at least two or three of them moving on uh, by, by other uh, trades that, that are to come. Um, but Colin Sexton kind of going to get everything he wants in that offense, at least initially, uh, you know, he's going to be at least starting out as their centerpiece to, to grow forward with uh, there. So I, I don't have any problem with that. 18 million a year for him. Not bad. Lori marketing goes, I mean, maybe the jazz look at and say, eh, I, I think they would rather trade the other vets and, yeah, you know, really bottom this thing out and say, hey, Colin Sexton, you want to go for 30 points per game? Go nuts, my friend. Go go crazy. I think the fact that they got back a productive player in college, well, two productive players in marketing and Sexton, and then who knows what Agbaji is going to be this season. But you get back two productive players, I think that just incentivizes the Jazz to move their other veterans that much yes. more. Because if they don't, you could accidentally find yourselves in the same spot you would have been in had you brought back Donovan Mitchell and not moved the veterans where you could accidentally win too many games. Assuming, and maybe, sure. look, maybe Utah has changed their mind and they decided, you know what, let's try to win some games here. But the prevailing sense was that they were going to try to bottom out, try to get a nice high draft pick, who knows, maybe win the draft lottery and then build from there. Assuming that is still the plan, I think they do need to make some other moves here in order to achieve that because otherwise the roster is a little bit too good, I think, to compete. It's weird to say compete here, but in the race to the bottom, in the, in the tank race as currently constructed. Yeah, we, we need a better word than compete. For is that they're not competing? <laughs> yeah, they are, you're not competing. Oh. You're yeah, you're depleting. I I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the word is. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I think could you. Could you, let, let's say you just kept everybody, right, that you still have, bring in Sexton, Markin, and do you put together a decent team? Sure, maybe you could get in the mix for the play-in tournament. But that's it. You don't want that if you're Utah, right? That's worse than you were last year, but it's also not bad enough. So you want to bottom this thing out. So that's I'm with you. I think Bogdanovich, uh, Conley, Clarkson, Beasley, Rudy Gay, I would have my eye on all of those guys getting moved, getting moved off in, in other trades, um, and we, we go from there. So, yeah, I, I think we're we're moving into a position where we see the Jazz are really going to be, you know, it's going to be Sexton, Markinen, 
uh, the couple of kids that they have, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, and off we go. So, yeah, let's see. <laughs> Quiet quitting, somebody put in the chat, oh my gosh. <laughs> which is all the uh, rage right now. That is, that's pretty funny. I like that. That's, that, that's, that's, one, that way to, that's one way to put it. Yeah. 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 yeah for I sure. like that. A um, couple people asking questions because these, these, these are good, good questions, and we'll get into to some other stuff here. Um, is, do, do the Jazz have enough roster spots to take in uh, all these players for Colin Sexton and the, or for uh, Donovan Mitchell? The answer is yes, because it's the offseason. They're, they're still sitting on extra offseason roster spots. Um, so that's the easy one. Next one is how can they do a sign and trade? Won't that hard cap them? Yes, but their miles under the hard cap doesn't really matter. I'm with that. A couple of people have asked, could they trade Lori Marketing? Because, right, yeah, he doesn't necessarily super fit there. Yes, the challenge is uh, 60 day trade restriction on uh, packaging him together with anybody else. But my guess is they're willing to move him by himself or they'll talk about trades, moving him with somebody else. Cause that'll clear by the time we get to the, um, to, to the trade deadline. Right. Right. And we already saw it. Look, the jazz, they executed the Patrick Beverly trade within that 60 day window because they right. traded him and that's why they traded him so. by himself. Yep. Um, all right. We do need to talk a little bit about the Los Angeles Lakers in this situation here because we're getting a lot of questions in the chat, of course, asking about them and mm -hmm. what this means. I mean, they were expected to be the third team in a Knicks-Jazz deal. So now you've got Colin Sexton surprisingly going to the Cavs. You've got a bunch of picks and things like that going uh, back to the Jazz. Where does this leave the Lakers? And maybe it also includes the Knicks in this. Does, does this leave the Lakers and the Knicks and all these other teams just kind of scrambling to, to reassess what the trade market looks like? Or where does L.A. go from here? Um, let, let me do the Knicks part first because I think that part's easier. I think the Knicks are just, all right, we have our team. And yeah. now they just move on. Um, I don't think the Knicks are good. There's no one else to turn to for them. I, I don't think that necessarily makes sense Uh for them to get to uh Woj had a follow-up tweet that the the Knicks and excuse me, I'm getting the hiccups. I'm getting so excited, Trevor. <laughs> um, the Knicks, uh, the Knicks and, um, had re-engaged with the Cavs. Uh, the Knicks declined a trade deal on Monday night, which is when the yeah. Cavs, Cavs jumped back in. Mm -hmm. So with the Knicks, I, my guess is they just say, all right, we've got our team. The Lakers, this is where it gets a little interesting because obviously we've had the rumors for, it feels like, you know, two months of uh, rust to the Pacers um, floating out there, at least where we're getting close to that, at least timing wise. Then we've also had um, this thought of them being the third team in. They would maybe take on like Evan Fournier from the Knicks and then take on a couple of the veteran guys from the Jazz. So I think we're in a position where the Jazz stuff still open, right? The, the uh -huh. Knicks aren't going to get involved now. Um, but you could still go get a couple of those Jazz vets. You could get Conley and Bogdanovich. I'm just, you know, making it, throwing numbers at work um, out there. Um, you could still do something like that. And obviously, there's still the Pacers possibility for the Lakers. I think a lot of it hinges on, do they want to give up both 27 and 29? If they want to give up both picks, I think they'll get a deal done. I, I, I think they could get a deal done probably today, either the Pacers deal or uh, the, the, the Jazz deal. I just don't think they're in a position where right now they feel the right move today, September 1st, is the day to trade two first-round picks uh, for, for uh, you know, whether it be Miles Turner and Buddy Heald or a collection of veterans from the Jazz. What's your take on the rumor that the Pacers were asking the Lakers to also take back the contract of Daniel Tice? How much does that negatively impact the value of that deal from the Lakers perspective. I, I, I certain if, if I was the Lakers and I was willing to do Russ and two first for Turner and healed, I would not let taking, having to take Daniel Tice, keep me from doing that. That, that almost feels like, um, you know, well, I'm not going to do this deal that gets me two really nice players because you're trying to throw in the third Tice's contracts, not that bad. It's like $9 million the next couple of seasons. So yeah. it's not ideal, but if you're taking on Turner and healed along with LeBron already being um, extended AD's contract, you're capped out. You're, you're not going to be a salary cap player. So what, why not have Tice? He's still a useful backup center. Um, you know, I know now they've got, that would give them Brian. That would give them five centers. Exactly. Essentially. That's, that's the problem. It's more of roster construction. But next year you could let 
Jones and Bryant move on. Tice also, if nothing else, that becomes $9 million of salary matching that works in another trade. If you're like, you know, boy, we could really use uh, another wing with size at the trade deadline. Put Tice with Lonnie Walker. If he's not working out, you have $15 million that goes and gets you a $20 million player mm-hmm. salary matching wise. So I am not, uh, I, I don't, it wouldn't keep me from making the trade. I certainly wouldn't be excited about it. Yeah. I also don't know if I'm the Pacers that I would say, all right, well, we'll do Russ in one pick. If you also take Tice back, then that seems almost a little too imbalanced that way. I, I would probably just say, just leave them out. Indiana, figure it out yourself with him, yeah. and then then you move move on with you know uh, you know Russ and picks and and I mean Russ goes to Indiana or Utah. He's, he's I doubt he even reports there. I think it's no. probably more of the hey we did it. Thanks for your service. Hang out till we work a buyout or or an additional trade or whatever direction they uh, uh, collectively choose to go in. Where would he report? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I I don't know. What, like, I, who would realistically trade for him that would that he would that that would then put him on the floor? Yeah, that's I mean, it's tough. There it is. There's the there's the question. Where I feel like we've been asking for <laughs> right. You know, five months plus. I mean, I, I think it just becomes. Yeah, I think it's you know wait it out and then see. For him, honestly, you probably wait it out a little bit and then see. Or where did a point guard get hurt? And sure. then all right, hey, I'm here. I'm ready to go. And you know, then maybe a team's you know willing to jump on him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Woj just tweeted that Utah has coveted veteran trade assets, including Boyan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley Jr., I like that he were used through the word coveted in there. Let's Confirmed you know what Confirmed Woj watching the front office show. That's right. That's right. Off us here. So appreciate that, Woj. Shout um, so yeah, that's uh so thank you for that uh that sh- that uh shout out there, Woj. We appreciate that. But um I think the Lakers are now in an interesting spot where they're going to have to reassess the entire trade market because this mm-hmm. is going to catch everybody by surprise. The Knicks are gonna do the same thing. Now, I think the Knicks, I think you're right. I think ultimately they probably just stick with what they've got. Yep. But Teams around the NBA are going to react to this. They're going to respond and they're going to figure out their path forward from here. And the path forward may just be the status quo. It might be you just stick with what you've got. It also might be, who knows, if the Lakers were planning on being a third team in a Knicks-Jazz deal and that no longer exists, does that then increase uh, some leverage in terms of the Pacers side and a deal there? Do you turn to the Jazz and still work something out there for some of these pieces that Woj is talking about? Think there's still opportunities to move Russell Westbrook, but you're still stuck with that ultimate question of do you want to give up both first? And if not, then who blinks? Do the Lakers mm-hmm. blink and give up both first, or do, do the Pacers, the Jazz, whoever else wants to get involved, do they blink and finally say, Well, okay, we'll do a first in two seconds or something like that? Yeah, if you're the Pacers and Jazz, you're just waiting on the Lakers to get desperate and hoping that happens, right? You're you're hoping. Uh, the first opening days of training camp come with a report of really uncomfortable training camp with, you know, the Lakers, you know, and you're, you're just hoping for that, you know, ideally you're hoping that desperation comes anytime between now and the next three weeks, you know, uh-huh. roughly when training camps open, but yeah, but you would love to see that. Cause what you're hoping for is they, obviously you want the Lakers to give up both first and in a trade. I it's, it's interesting. I think there are, trade constructions that would work that I feel like could make an awful lot of sense um, for the Lakers to give up both first. Um, I just, 
I, I very much understand their hesitation to do so. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, you and I talked about this on a previous episode of front office show. I tend to think you're built to win right now with the core of this team. And I, I, I don't want to sacrifice any of that chance at winning right now yeah. for what may come down, down the line. I just, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, where, where they, they feel about that, but that's just, I, I don't know. I feel like when you're, you're this close, but also as we talked about, it's not like either one of those deals, a bunch of good solid role players from the jazz or Turner and healed couple. I think just call it what it is. Good role players from the Pacers. Not, none, no all-stars are coming back right. in this, the, these trade constructions. How high does that lift you in the West? Does that put you in the tier with the, Warriors, Suns, Nuggets, Clippers. I, I, I don't think so. I think you're just probably one tier below, but you're almost kind of like what the Cavs did here. You're right there. And then you're one of the next teams up. And maybe by the time the playoffs roll around, you've melded, you've come together. Mm-hmm. And then, then, then you're in that position, but it's that that's the hard thing. There's not a slam dunk trade where it's like, all right, West favorites done. You know, off we go. Cause if there was, I think then you definitely trade both first round. Oh, picks. for sure. And that's why we had heard the Lakers were willing to do it for Kyrie Irving because that was seen as more of that kind of slam dunk trade, but we'll see how exactly the Lakers respond to this as well as how the rest of the NBA responds. Um, Let's dive into some of the, the super chats here that we've got coming yeah, in. Yeah, sure. Um, we've got one. Muffin Break says, maybe the Lakers will trade for Josh Richardson and Doug McDermott, trading uh, the trade exception plus assets, maybe Christie for Bogdanovich. Uh, so if you were to do, so you'd get a trade exception. If you were to do Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott for Russell Westbrook, the Spurs would need a bunch of salary. Uh, it would be, what, like $23 million trade exception off the top of my head. Sure. And then... And then you could do a trade exception and some assets for Bogdanovich. But again, the Spurs would want draft capital for doing that, for absorbing yep. that much salary and giving Absolutely. you players. Yeah, and the, and the challenge is, I I don't think I, I would hope Danny Ainge could do better um, than just Max Christie. And the problem is, I would not from the Lakers be giving up a first for Bogdanovich. And I'm a big uh, Boyan Bogdanovich fan. I think yeah. he's really really good. I just would not do that. But yeah, the Spurs part of it. They're 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 not that desperate to get off. I mean, Richardson's on an expiring, and McDermott only has one year left. And I think we see right now the Spurs aren't that desperate to create cap space because they're still sitting on thirty million dollars in cap space. So yes, they, they don't need thirteen million dollars in cap space next year. No. Uh, all right, Samal Paul said, "Does this trade finally push Indiana to come down from their high ask and close the deal with the Lakers?" I don't think it causes them to move at all. If anything, I would think it would set them more firmly in their stance of wanting both first because it, on the surface, at least it takes away another option for the Lakers because that three-team trade no longer exists. Correct. I I think if you're Indiana, I would be more firm and I want both first right now because again, the Lakers options are they're, they're less than they were. What? I don't know. An hour ago. Um, or whatever it was, whenever this deal was actually agreed to. All right. Uh, Sean Davis, or someone using his name there, said, Cavs are definitely my sleeper Eastern Conference representative now. Thank you, Utah, for getting something done. You know, there there was – it's been a frustrating offseason for NBA fans just because we've heard rumor after rumor after rumor with not a whole lot of actual, you know, like real action, at least in the wake of the Kevin Durant saga, whatever we want to call it, the sound the Kevin cannon. Um, this though, something real, real gets done, something exciting, something mm-hmm. came from out of the blue. So from a general NBA perspective, this is kind of what you needed to, to kind of yeah. wake up everything and, and what's been a bit of a grind this summer. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the, the Durant part coming back and saying, I am, uh, you know, I, I'm good. I'm just going to stay that freed everything up. It freed up the Beverly trade to happen. Mm-hmm. And then obviously this one became, all right, we can all move on and we, we can go. So yeah, I, I think uh, that that part Cavs East sleeper. I mean, sure. They, they, you know, definitely it's, they're, they're sleeper. I would not, again, I would not put them in the, uh, you know, top tier uh, of the Eastern conference teams. I just don't think they're quite ready uh, to make that leap yet. A part, part of that is also, 
generally you're going to have to go through one playoff run before you're really ready. And they haven't even gone through. They didn't remember. They didn't make the playoffs last year. So, um, but yeah, I mean, solid playoff team for sure. I think. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Escamilla said Lakers jazz likely out of a trade. Now we already went over that, but just wanted to, to appreciate the, the shout out there. Um, I still, I think it's about the same likelihood as it was of a three team. Like it's still, I would assume the jazz and the Lakers will probably have talks at some point on those veteran players, whether or not something gets done. Well, we'll see. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Sean, Mr. Steel, your girl Davis, which is a thing over on, on the Lakers nation live show. Uh, so welcome to that, Keith. Uh, if jazz only got three unprotected, no way Indy gets two unprotected from the Lakers, right? Well, it's two very different things. And remember Agbaji, you add him in as another first. So it's three unprotected plus a first from this year's draft plus two pick swaps. So it's not just three unprotected. Yeah, it's like in, six in picks almost. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think it's, I also think too, where <laughs> I don't know if we're just conditioned to now to say only like only three, <laughs> like right. even if it was just that, like, like that, that's not, you know, that that's not only, um, but with that, so yeah, I think that part is a little, yeah, I, I can't get there with that, but yeah, I mean, too unprotected from the Lakers. Remember, you got to think of it as it's one for the players and one to get off Russ's contract. That's right. how I, that's how I break it down and rationalize it, uh, with this spot. Uh, Isle Farkash said, when I said Mitchell for Sexton is a possibility on Lakers Nation, you guys said it's unlikely. It's always the one you never hear about. It's not always the one you never, you know, I, I think about that sometimes about how, oh, it's that trade that comes from out of the blue. I think that's for the one that just sticks out to us. Like we heard Anthony Davis to the Lakers forever and it, and it eventually happened. Sometimes yeah. you hear about stuff and it does happen. Other times it's the move that comes from out of the blue. And of course, those ones are always fun. Sure. Um, as far as saying that Sexton uh, was unlikely for, for Mitchell, yeah, I didn't anticipate. There's a couple of things. For one... I didn't think that the Jazz would be willing to give Colin Sexton the amount of money that he wanted in order to execute a sign-and-trade or that the Jazz necessarily would want Colin Sexton in, in a deal because, as we talked about at the top, I would be concerned from the Jazz perspective that you would accidentally create a roster that was a little bit too good to really bottom out. And so that's why I didn't see the Jazz being all that interested in bringing in Colin Sexton. Of course, that was also around the time we were hearing that R.J. Barrett they weren't interested in him. And so that was part of my rationale as well, was that if the Jazz don't want R.J. Barrett, why would they be willing to bring in uh, Colin Sexton? Of course, we've heard since otherwise that the Jazz were okay with bringing in, in R.J. Barrett. Depends on who you're talking to. But yeah. in, in any event, these trades are always a blast, though. The ones that come from out of the blue, yeah. it's fun, it's exciting. It's just not always the case that the out of the blue trade is the one that gets done. Sometimes it's the trades that we hear about forever that wind up happening. Yeah, these are the... The, you're absolutely right. These are the most fun ones, and it goes from you know from from there. But yeah, I mean, I go back to it, it, this past off season. It was what a day or so after uh, Ricky Rubio getting injured, and the Cavs were remember at that point really good. We started saying Karis LeVert makes so much sense for these guys. And then we kept hammering that drum. We were we were in, and I'm not saying we were the only ones because we were not. And then what happened? Karis LeVert to to Cleveland for Ricky Rubio. Like it was just it, it sometimes some trades are super obvious. It's so that's yeah. to to your point. Hey, I want to do do this real quick since we're kind of on the jazz a little bit. Yeah. Um, so from Danny Ainge's trading away and breaking up, not only breaking up, but completely sending off uh, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Uh, yeah. Ochaya Baji, Walker Kessler, uh -huh. so that's Jared two first. Yep. Yep. Lori Markinen, Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly flipped that into Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. Mm -hmm. Seven unprotected first round picks and three first round pick swaps. So seven unprotected firsts and two first rounders from three. this year's draft. Oh, and two from this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So that's that's essentially it's not like you're definitely getting nine first rounders out yep. of that. Yep. Plus the I mean pick swaps could be nothing, right? If the Jazz the Jazz have a slow build, the Cavs have a bunch of young players. If the Cavs are better than the Jazz for the next few seasons, uh, then those those pick swaps are are nothing, right? Yep. They're they're worthless. Yeah. Worthless. Yep. But still, it's it's just worth you get them just in case. 
right? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I always go back to that's what everybody said about uh, Boston and Brooklyn. Yeah. And Boston got both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum off of pick swaps. Yeah. You just so, never know. Yeah. You exactly. never know. You want to be, yeah. You'd rather have it than not. It's not going to hurt you any, right? If you're worse, all right, we don't swap and we just stick with what we got. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that really turns into essentially 12 first round picks um, worth of players for, you know, two guys. Like that's mm. just, I mean, you know, it's, I, I will say that I've already tweeted this out. We can argue about Danny Ainge building a team up. Like that is totally fair because he does hoard his picks and he, and he gets, you know, very, uh, you know, uh, starts pearl clutching about how, how much right. value those picks have, but nobody can deny dude can do a teardown uh, <laughs> with the best of them. He, he can tear it down to the studs with, with, you know, absolutely. And the real thing is it's not done. There's going to be more to come. Some of, yep. Woj is tweeting about those vet guys, not just out of like. No, hey, that, you know, that's, that's not because, just Woj putting two yeah, and two together. Exactly. That's Woj being told. Yep. And that's why, why I highlighted that he used the word coveted. Yep. Kind of gives you a exactly. clue into which side yep. is telling it, yep. who's telling him those yep. things. Yeah. Hey, hey, we're open for business here. And everybody wants these guys. Yep. You know, start, yep. start making your offers. Who, All right, let's go back to the it? super chats. Who was it? Whoa, there was somebody that was on the trade block a while ago where Woj was was trying to talk them up, and it was pretty clear. I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was, but it was, it was a particularly egregious one. It was like, I don't know, it was like Kevin Knox or something like that, trying to make the, the players sound like incredibly valuable. Uh, Rob Ferrelli said, I'm not mad at Indy's high asking price now. Rob has to ask, uh, have to offer two first, the rust package, and walk away. Pacers are the only losers if they fit except. I'm guessing that fit was supposed to be don't. They don't. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I would do it if I was the Pacers. Here, yeah. There's a good chance Turner's gone after this season anyway. Mm-hmm. Buddy Heald doesn't really fit with the roster you've built. Uh, that opens you up. You give all your minutes to all of your kids. You're going to be bad. Now you'll be really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And then. Yeah, you buy out Russ or you trade him in another deal, get two first-round picks down the line, and off you go. Yeah, I would do it 100%. And that's the other piece to this that maybe we don't talk enough about is that Miles Turner needs a new deal. If he's wanting, which is the rumor that he wants more than $20 million, if you're the Pacers, you may not be willing to give him that. So that's got to be a factor too. Yeah, uh, I'm absolutely not giving him that if I'm the Pacers. Yeah, and, right. I, and I think that's that's, to me, from the Lakers side of things, that's part of what's given me pause too in terms of well why are you giving up both first when you look at what happened with jeremy grant you look at what happened with christian wood both of those guys saw their trade returns massively devalued because they're in that situation where they're an expiring contract but they're a player that is going to get paid on their next deal and so they didn't get nearly the return that you would expect miles turner's in the same situation doesn't seem like the pacers are going to get dinged for that though if both firsts are given up and so that's just from the lakers perspective that's got me a little bit wary too, knowing that you're going to have to pay Miles Turner after this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I am very much on record. I'm not a huge Miles Turner guy. I think his impact has been way, way overstated. Mm-hmm. He shoots three pointers. He is not a great shooter um, by any means. This guy is not. I think people think he's like like Carl Anthony Towns as a big man shooter. He's not even close. Um, he's never really been a very good three-point shooter. And yes, he blocks shots. He does not rebound at all. Um, and he's not he's not really a real good finisher. So I I I think with the Lakers, we would probably see him used to his best maximum ability. Um, and I think you would get the best um we've seen out of him. I'm just not a big, big miles turner guy at all. So yeah, trading a bunch of stuff and then uh, yo, having to pay Miles Turner, that leaves me a little, uh, I'm not oh, so sure. sure that's where I want to go. Right. Uh, seven Day Sports to Trevor. We keep saying who blinks. Blink is getting crushed all off season. Just getting Beverly only puts us in eighth place at best. Keep blinking. Well, no, they, ha- they haven't blinked yet. And that's why no trade has been done. Because neither side has blinked. It's a it's a staring contest. Um, Belinka getting is he, crushed. He's, is he Rob Belinka? Rob, Rob Pablinka. Yeah, I like it. Rob Pablinka. I like it. I like it. Um, Yeah, it's look, they're, they're going to try to work something out. They're going to try to get something done, but they also have to look, we've talked about this. We talked about this heading into the off season. I don't want to turn this into the entirely, you know, Lakers nation show, but 
the Lakers needed to bat a thousand this this summer mm-hmm. in order to make up for all of the sins of the past. They needed to bat a thousand. And if you give up too much in a trade again, which is what they've done consistently with a number of moves, they've made a ton of mistakes, a lot of little mistakes that kind of are a bunch of little singles that have added up to a lot of points for the other side. They can't really do that in a deal. So I'm not, I understand there's urgency to get something done. I understand you don't want to waste a year of LeBron and all that kind of stuff, but they've got to make sure it's the right move. And if at the end of the day, the right move comes about because they were patient and fans were frustrated all summer, then so be it. We'll see though. We'll see if they, if they pull something off or not. Um, sure. He said it seems to hinge upon those two first round picks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with, with that, that's it. It just, yeah, it's, it really comes down to if you're the Lakers, you have to balance what what can lift us high enough that we feel this is worth paying today, and what does that do to the future? Because right. if you trade those picks and you end up like sixth, and you're out in the first round, that's you blew it. That that's not you know good enough. You have to really be certain. Like it's I can't I, I get it right. And you and I have talked ad nauseum that you can't go through what you went through last year, right? Like no. it was just so bad. I, I but, can't, Keith. <laughs> I know you especially can't, right? Yeah. Well, you did. There was a, there was a points last year where I think about what early January where yeah. you and I were like, I think we're just going to start covering like the magic and the, good <laughs> and just be done, um, with this. And it was, uh, so yeah, I, I, that football season wound down and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. man, I really have to focus on this now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When's baseball start? Um, but I think it, I, but that's, you don't want that either. Right. Like you don't want to just be six because no. what, well, you know, especially not with, well, we're six, we mortgaged our future and cool. We get to pay miles Turner, you know, $20 million a year moving forward. Like that's just starts to become you know, a little bit messy. Uh, John says, thanks for going live. ESPN LA is talking USC football. Well, you're welcome. Glad we could we could be here for you. Uh, Alex, think the Lakers can make a move for Malik Beasley. He'll be one of the guys that'll be in the mix mm-hmm. from the Jazz. The Jazz have so many different veterans here that you can kind of mix and match, build your own combo trade here, whether it's you know Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Jared Vanderbilt, who I think they'll probably try to hang on to. But uh, you never know. They've got lots of different pieces. Malik Beasley being another one that they could potentially put into a deal. Rudy Gay. I mean, sure. and the, the Jazz have a lot of different mix and match options right now. Yeah, I think for like the it, the, the challenge has to be it's got to be at least a couple of the big contracts because it's just the only way the salary math works yep. in a trade um, because the jazz aren't sitting on cap space, trading Russ to Indiana or San Antonio. Very easy right now because they're, they've, they're both sitting on about 30 million in cap space. The jazz are not, the jazz are up over the cap even after uh, this trade today. So yeah, that's, that part's a little trickier, but not, you know, not nothing that's, you know, you, you would probably be looking at like Beasley and Bogdanovich and then right. maybe Rudy Gay. I, I'd have to run the full math, but yeah, you can be pretty close. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Chuck Petty, F them picks and make the make the trade Lakers. This is not the Rams. It's not the NFL. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> F them picks. Yeah. I mean, thanks, MJ. <laughs> that was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was the Rams thing, though. The Rams uh, owner was wearing a shirt that, that said that uh, in their, uh, their championship parade. Yeah, you can handle this next one, my friend. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's see. <laughs> Swider, appreciate the super chat first and foremost. Foremost, Swider is our shooter. Huff, now is come our... on, now do it right. 
The what? Amazing Spider-Man is oh, the, the Amazing Spider-Man. Well, yeah, he is. <laughs> he does whatever a Spider-Man can. Um, Spider's our shooter. Huff is our turner until the trade deadline. Use Huff and Jones. Huff doesn't even have a full contract right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Jones as fives. And Davis and Bryant as fours. So Thomas Bryant's going to be a four. Therefore, saving our picks to gauge the team and league till February. Um, I mean, you have roster. If the Lakers say they fall, look, Jay Huff was really good in summer league. I liked what we saw in him. Sure. If if they decide, hey, Jay Huff is so good, he needs to be on an NBA roster. They have a roster spot for him right now. They have 14 and 15 open on the roster. They could do that. But they also have Thomas Bryant. They also have Damian Jones. They've also got Anthony Davis. These guys are going to play the center position and get minutes there. So I don't know if adding another center, particularly Jay Huff, whether you're not sure what, exactly what he'll do at the NBA level. Summer League and the NBA are two very, very different things. Sure. I don't know if that's the path they're going to take there. It depends. Who knows? Maybe they're totally bought in on Jay Huff. I don't see them running Thomas Bryant as a four. Uh, I don't see that happening. Cole Swider, he shot lights out in Summer League. He was great. But let's see what he can do in preseason. He's on a two-way contract right now. Let's see what he can do in preseason. Let's see what he does through training camp. There's a long way to go here before you can just say, oh, we've got the amazing Spider-Man. Check that box. The Lakers don't need shooting anymore. Baby steps. Let's, if, let's we're, uh, if we're at the point where on September 1st, you're already relying on a two-way player and a camp guy, um, I think you want to severely lower your expectations for where this season is going because it is uh, not, not going to uh, – uh, go, go very well if uh, this far out you're already talking about two-way guys and camp bodies. That's not a no, that's not a thing. The Lakers have better players that are there that they're going to use for for the for those spots. I somebody keeps saying in the chat. Um, I'll just go to this one real quick. It's not a super chat, but it was about uh, Gary Harris um, out for the season. That's yeah. not the expectation at all. He did have surgery. Uh, the surgery he had should allow him to return at some point this season. So it's not. Uh, yeah, he is not um, going to be out for the season by any means. Uh, Mario Hernandez, both the Jazz and Thunder now have 15 draft picks. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that number is is correct or, or not. But yeah, look, the Jazz, the Thunder, they've got a ton of picks between the two of them. Yeah, um, they're going to control uh, drafts for, for quite a while now. Yep. Yeah, for a little while there was the, the Thunder and the Pelicans. Now I think we've uh, we flipped mm -hmm. it to, to the Jazz and the Thunder. Uh, Russ. Two first, two seconds, Fultz, Isaac, and Harris. I don't think the I think the Magic want to figure out what they've yeah, got with, Magic would with Jonathan Isaac. And I don't see why they would want to do something like that right now. Yeah. No, I they're not yeah, on the point where they should yeah. do that. Mm -hmm. Nope. Uh would the same package the Lakers traded Patrick Beverly for have worked to get a guy like Gary Harris? Well, I mean, he's injured. So I don't um, like the Lakers wouldn't do that deal as soon as Gary Harris was injured because you don't know how the injury is going to come across. But in general, I would think the Magic are probably going to hold on to Gary Harris and see what his contract can get you at the trade deadline. Particularly now, they're going to wait and see and get him back healthy on the floor before they try to make any moves. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, yeah you're, you're spot on with that one. Uh, Bernie L. Danny Ainge for GM of the Year. Love the show. That was a pretty impressive teardown. And uh, Danny Ainge ultimately got what he wanted – let me let me finish the show with this. Did the Knicks make a mistake? Should the Knicks have said, okay, three unprotected? Because that appeared to be the breaking point. The Knicks wanted, didn't want to do three unprotected first. That's what the Jazz wanted. They got it from the Cavs. Should the Knicks have given in and said, deal? I want to go back to something Bernie said there at the end, just yeah. so we, we don't zip past it. Love the show. You're right, Bernie. We appreciate you, man. Thanks for that love. We're yes, uh, super you. excited. We, we had our little bit of downtime. We're back. Glad we got a, we had a trade to break down right when you came back from vacation. Now we get this one. But also, hey, it's near, there was over 3,000 people in here uh, watching live. Can we get like 500 y'all to subscribe and push us up over yeah. the, uh, over the 20,000 mark. We, we would absolutely be uh site to, um, to, to get there. So uh, to your question, did the Knicks make a mistake? I, yeah, I think so. I, I, I would have given the, by all accounts, it was, they needed to give up three unprotected first. Then they were going to give all those, those picks that they're, 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 they're what I call their extra picks. It's the Mavericks, Pistons, uh, Wizards pick. They, they picked the two of those up in the Jalen Duran trade, um, on draft night. So they are, um, 
there is like with that, I would have done that plus mm -hmm. whatever the kids they wanted and go from there. So, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm all for, uh, you know, um, they, they, they should have done it and gone and gotten uh, Donovan Mitchell. It would have fit in perfectly there. Um, now the question is, RJ Barrett have to be in it or not. We've had so much conflicting stuff. I don't really yeah. know, but there was a path. The Knicks could have got this done. The one thing that we for sure know was they did not want to do the, um, the uh, third unprotected first round pick. The Cavs did and that clearly is now made all the difference. And that's why Donovan Mitchell's a Cavs. So yeah, I think the Knicks did miss out for sure. I think there's a lot of people that are clowning on the Knicks right now, mm -hmm. but like Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson as a backcourt, that wasn't a certainty that that was going to be great. And so it's possible. And we may not know, right? Because Knicks fans are going to be frustrated that they didn't get the deal done in you know, large part. A lot of other fans are going to say, oh, you should have done it. And I, I agree with you, Keith. I think they probably should have. But I also think it's possible that it might not have worked out. So this could actually, depending yeah. on what they do yeah. in the future... This we could look back a year from now and say, well, the Knicks, right the, the yeah. Knicks made the right move here. That, yeah, that, that's possible. This isn't an yeah. obvious, oh my gosh, the Knicks blew it here. Let's see what this looks a year from now. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say too, you're absolutely spot on. Both of us, very big fans of sometimes the best trades are the ones you don't make. Uh, the Knicks did not make a trade. So yeah, I, I, I don't have an issue with them not making it. I do think they should have. Like, yeah. I think especially if one more pick, I just think Mitchell gives you that true star power. But I don't have a huge – I'm not going to, you know, freak out that they didn't make the trade. I, I'm not there. Hey, from, from our friends on uh, – not an ad because um, we don't advertise for them. But uh, Bet Online has released a couple new odds for after the trade. Cavs title odds. They were 125 to 1, 21st best in the league. What do you think they are right now? Oh, did it jump? Did it jump up to? Man, is it, it's got to be like what twenty-five to one or something now? Man, you're in the wrong business, my friend. Twenty-five to one, twelfth best. <laughs> I got uh, it. Over/under went from forty-three point five to forty-six point five. Wow. And uh, the Jazz, I mean, they they went down, but they were already pretty low because their odds had already priced in a Mitchell. Uh, trade anyway always with how low they were but yeah so now let's see now here's the fun part for me and you we may have a few more trades to break down here That's over right. the kind of the next few weeks leading up to the start of training camp we also have basketball on all day because uh euro basket is going on uh that slovenia lithuania game today was phenomenal um so yeah man Basketball never stops. Well, we're going straight up to training camp. And, you know, for you guys, thanks so much to the over 3,000 people who checked in on the live show. That was amazing. Um, you know, we, we loved having that. We will get back to the off-season reviews, um, you know, as we, you know, maybe, unless there's continues to be uh, major mega trades here. But, yeah, and right back to live show and the Mega Man music. So That's everybody right. wins. Love it. Love it. A lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Make sure you do help us get over that 20,000 subscriber mark over on YouTube. Subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show there. Don't forget to uh, go check us out over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.